You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host, and glad and pleased to be here again on another Saturday morning. This is uh, the month for mothers, and I certainly want to acknowledge my wife, uh, Marsha, my daughters, April, Angel, Amber, as great mothers. And, and I got a guest in the house. I'd be remiss if I didn't also say Happy Mother's Day to Miss Deb. Deborah, uh, Captain Green's wife, and I still call him Captain even though he's been retired. I don't know how long, but we're going to get into some discussion with him shortly. Um, I think it's important once again to talk about mothers in particular briefly, and I want to say that, uh, and I said it last week and I'll say it again, Faye, Duncan, Daniel should be in the dictionary when they describe mothers. Her daughter, Mia, was a special needs child. And this young lady lived till she was 50 years old. And I guarantee you, in my heart of hearts, Cap, I know it was because of that mother's love that she put on that child because they didn't expect for this baby to last 10 years. Oh, wow. And she lasted 50 years. That's wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Again, uh, I want to mention that um, Damon Brooks is having a a function. It's called Veterans in Residence. The function will be held in Town Square uh, May 24th, he mentioned he was briefly on the show uh, last week, and I'll try to get him back on again before the month is out. Uh, my grandson, again, Karen, is having a basketball championship, and we're wishing him well. With that, I'm going to get our guest in. This is retired Captain Layman Green. How you doing, Cap? Doing good, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, for sure. Hey, man, uh, tell us what branch of the service and how long did you serve? Well, I uh, a lot of folks don't know, but I did four years in the Air Force and 19 years in the Army. You went from the Air Force to the Army? Yeah, there's a long, lot of jokes about that. Oh, I bet, man, because, you know, <laughs> I, I recall being at a, a National Fire Protection Association meeting where it was a Metro Chiefs. Anyway, this guy said, man, he was, an Air, he was an Air Force general. He said, we're the only ones who sent our officers into war. You know, because the other in, uh, the other officers were not officers necessarily, but other uh, men and women. They're back preparing the planes, loading the bombs, and then we fly out off into the war zone. Mm-hmm. So you went from the Air Force. So what what did you do while in the in the army? In in, in the army, uh, in the Air Force, I was a security specialist mm. uh, in nuclear weapons and that kind of thing, and aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you go from the Air Force to the Army, the Army doesn't care. Uh, 
you had to start over. You had to go to basic training. You had, then I went to infantry school, and I was an enlisted infantryman with airborne and all that other stuff you do when you're young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I had made staff sergeant, and we were training uh, with the SEALs in Coronado, California. And my colonel, my officer, comes up and goes, how much college do you have? I said, sir, I have three years. Do you want to be an officer? Mm-hmm. So they sent me back to college for one year at home in Chicago mm-hmm. and made me a lieutenant. And then I, I retired. I, I actually retired. I made major, but uh, a lot of folks don't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since the moniker Captain stuck, since I was the recruiting commander out here as a captain, I'll, I'll take it. You know, it's okay. all good. So, so actually retired at major money, and that's the— mm-hmm. That's what matters most. Hey, the on, on the first of the month, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Excellent, excellent. So, while in the army, and you did how many years in the army? I did. I did nineteen in the army. The total federal service was twenty three years. Twenty three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, what did you do when you discharged? What, what What was your What was the first thing on your mind to do? Well, what I wanted to do was nothing. Hmm. Uh, it didn't work that way. Uh, I I got <clears throat> I got hired by a, a company out here. Used to that I don't know if it exists anymore. Called Caravan. Well, yeah, I remember Caravan. And I was the general manager for Caravan. Uh, that was Lewis my first Connor. job. Lewis Connor. Yes. That's right. That's right. Mr. Lou. Uh, and then I went on to you know work with him on other ventures. And uh, and now what I'm, what I'm doing now is, you know, you have quite a story, and, and that's one of the things that I always feel important when I. And again, this is a Veterans Affairs show, and I like to get veterans on here to talk about some of their experiences, and you have a well-rounded experience. You get out of the military and become a general manager of a... A paratransit company. Paratransit company. (laughs) But you also did a lot of logistics work, as I recall. What what happened, um, I was very fortunate to be accepted to the Army's Logistics Management College Mm, in Fort Lee, Virginia. Okay. Uh, and that's a year-long school with mm-hmm. nothing but logistical training. Uh, and uh, you actually get a master's degree in logistics out of that. Uh, wow. Which is, uh, it was a tough course, uh, make no mistake. But what folks don't understand, and, and, and I'll put this in the right perspective, you know, this, that you'll hear a news brief that'll say, we have 10,000 troops in an area. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, a quarter of those troops are what we used to call the killers. Mm. The other troops are the logistical troops. You got to feed them, you got to supply them, you got to mm-hmm. give them bullets, you got to be- give them beans, you got to give them right. fuel, so <laughs> forth and so on. So logistics, and then you take those same principles and apply them out here in the civilian world, and it, it'll really work for you. Right. You know, I, I tell people all the time, people who have not been in military or fire service, I said, Amazon... It's logistics. It's, it's all logistics. That's all it is, it's man. Logistics. It's That's logistics, right. man, because right. they're moving stuff from place to place, and they've got it so mechanized, and they're just steady raking it in. That's right. That's right. That's a, log- a logistician's dream is Amazon. <laughs> so uh, during that time when you were the general manager of that particular company, Caravan, what was some of the challenges that you may have had? Uh, one of the challenges, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I think this applies to any business, is a keeping people trained, mm. uh, keeping them licensed, uh, and in safety training. Right. Uh, if you get 
you know, <laughs> once you get you get past all of those, you, you, everything is going to be okay. Right. Uh, the customers are going to be there for that particular <clears throat> business. The customers were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all about keeping people current, you know, with their licensing and their safety training and, and the insurances and that kind of thing. That that was one of the hardest things to do. Right. Interesting. Interesting, man, because I know that uh, if you don't keep people trained, because one of the first things, particularly in the fire service, if somebody's trying to sue, they want to look at your training records. Absolutely. Do these people know what they're doing or not? Um, that's uh, very, very valuable. Now, I'm, you mentioned you're from Chicago. Born and, raised, born and raised on the west side of Chicago. Okay. Uh, uh, got lucky enough to go to a high school on the north side of Chicago, which mm-hmm. was a, today's version of a college prep called Lane Technical High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of my brothers, we all grew up on the west side, and, and uh, it was an interesting. We had we had good fun. We was, it was a good life. Now, how, how many brothers? I have two younger brothers. Sisters? Uh, I had I have a sister that passed away. Okay. And uh, and uh, and, a, and an older brother. Okay. That uh, lives here. Okay. Cool. So, tell us about and, and and again, I'm trying to to have you to share what you've already been doing. Mm-hmm. What you what you're doing now, with regards to what you learned in the military, well, how has it helped you? Well, um, the key thing I think to your answer your question is is the fact that the military did set me up mm-hmm. and prepare me for what I'm doing now. Now I'm a I work for a large equipment rental company called United Rentals, if I can say that. Sure. Um, and who recently purchased Ahern Rentals. Right. Uh, I heard about that on the uh, news. And uh, I am the federal programs manager for the company, for the mm-hmm. entire corporation, which means that I'm in charge of all of the federal contacts and contracts because we do a lot of work with the federal government. Right, right. So. Part of it, logistical training at the logistics college was contracting. <laughs> I'm laughing because you you talk about a blessed man. I know you know you're blessed man. But to, to fall into this Ahern, I mean, to United Rentals, and doing what you do, all this logistics work, and then you are handling the federal side of federal it, side, which has got to be huge it, dollars for that company. It's, it's uh, I would say, $50, 60000000 million a year. Mm. And we have a state and local side that handles only state and local governments. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty nice. So you're doing the federal? I do federal. I do federal. Excellent. So how long have you been with him? I've been with him about 10 years. How, uh, how long? 10 years. Man, how time flies. Time flies, that's right. Uh, what was that gentleman that used to come by the, by the, by the, by the seas? Was he, was, he in that, was he in your company? No. no. Caucasian gentleman. Uh, Tony, no, he, he's, a, he's a heavy-duty uh, wheel vehicle mechanic, a oh. heavy-duty mechanic for uh, Kiwit. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Yeah. So what is the plan in terms of? Continued career within this this type of logistical type business. Well, um, we're doing pretty good, so I'm, I'm going to stay put. I think mm-hmm. um, uh, the company pays well, but uh, and, and that that always helps. Oh, for sure. Uh, the, the, what we're doing, what I'm trying to do right now, we hire uh, more veterans than most companies in America. Are you veterans out there listening? I hope that you are. Uh, we have a website. If you go to unitedrentals.com and go to the careers page, mm-hmm. and we have 2,500 locations in America. Wow. Uh, so there's a job for somebody. Uh, there's a position you might like. It could be an inside sales rep. It could be in marketing. It could be in any number of things, and, and, and that, that changes daily. Mm. So there, there, are, there are opportunities there for all, all veterans. We, we love veterans. Well, 
this is great, you guys, because I know, you know, when I have somebody on the show, such as uh, Captain Green, it's 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 a godsend. So, closing remarks and any advice you would give to uh, those who are listening, particularly veterans out there. Well, the one thing I've seen since I retired uh, is that there are a lot of veterans who have benefits mm-hmm. with because of military service that they don't take advantage of. Right. Uh, I'll give you an example. I know somebody who did 186 days on active duty. That's it. And qualified for health care at the VA. Mm. And had a knee replaced. Right. So all you have to do is get that DD form 214, which is your discharge paper. Mm-hmm. And you can do that online. Or if you go up to the VA hospital, and by the way, the VA hospital here, compared to some other VA hospitals, is very good. Okay. So go get your benefits. That's that. If I could give you an advice. Go get your benefits. And I know Gene is going to say to me, man, you're looking right across the table because he's been trying to get me to apply for some stuff that I I need to go ahead and do. And in fact, I only got another month because they give you a, a, a window of opportunity Correct. to do it once you file, yeah, which yeah, I've done. Yeah, get, get your benefits. You earned them. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are yours. Absolutely. Uh, and and uh, a lot of people, there's been, been a big health care thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some health care is better than no health care. That's right. Very true. Go to the VA hospital and get your benefits. Very true. Well, Captain Green, I appreciate it. And and, and as you know, I had your wife on last month, and she did a great job. And so have you. uh, Thank you so much. I appreciate it and and look forward to having you back on again because I think that when you talk about the various jobs that you have within your company, the veterans need to hear about it. So thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Good morning once again. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. I'm uh, excited to introduce my next guest, uh, Brother Jim. He's an avid golfer, and I don't want to butcher his last name, so I'm going to let him uh, say his own last name. Go for it, Jim. Jim. It's Jim Lacazzi. Lacazzi. All right, Jim. How you doing? Good, good. Thank you for having me. For sure. Jim, uh, as we talked, as we were on the golf course, you mentioned that uh, you have family members who are pilots, as you are. Who and how do they get trained? Well, see, I come from a a couple of pilots. I have an uncle and a cousin, and I have a nephew that are pilots. Uh, They are on the airline side, and I am on the corporate side. Okay. So where, where do they get their training from? And then yourself. See, they, uh, I'll specifically talk about my cousin. He uh, flew an F-16 in the Air Force, mm. and my nephews flew in the uh, Air Force as well. Uh, my uncle flew for Pan Am Airlines a long, long time ago. That oh. tells you my age a little. Oh, yeah, I remember. And then I did it, fortunately. I did it the, uh, I started out just building some time and flew air ambulance for a while, then flew freight, and then got involved with uh, the airlines, but I retired from them and then went to the corporate sector and, I've been there for about 36 years. But wait a minute. So how did you learn to pilot a plane? You say you was out there on the... Tell well, me, tell us about that journey. So, uh, again, coming from uh, pilots in my family, mm-hmm. uh, they, military route, and of course military trains pilots. Right. Um, I that and I and looking back I probably should have done that because it would have cost a lot less <laughs> so I did it the hard <laughs> I went out and just started building my time I, I, I rented an airplane and an instructor and uh, we went out and did numerous hours and days and it took almost uh, for my first private 
bike since I think it was about almost a year or so, and mm-hmm. I built up about 65, 70 hours because in those small little piston aircraft, they don't go very far, they don't go very fast. Right. So you start building time that way, and then you um, you get your private license, and then you build up to a commercial license. Mm-hmm. When you have a commercial license, then you can charge for your services, and then then you have to move on to instrument, multi-engine, and then ATP. Wow. And ATP is typically somebody who has about 1,500 hours. Mm. So it takes a little time from the beginning to the to where I went. Uh, like I said, it's, it's not, not the path you would choose um, now, that's for sure. So as, as a child, was that an interest of yours? Or did you just all of a sudden decide? And, and I asked this question because I got a grandson. He was... He's 16 now, and and now he seems to be moving toward basketball. But he was so in. He even had one of these little deals where you could fly the plane, land the plane. I mean, they got so many different toys or tools or whatever you want to call it. It, it was fascinating to see how he was able to, to land this big plane. Yeah, uh, you know, David, if anybody that is interested in aviation in today's uh, world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's endless what you can do. It really is. The, the airlines are aware of the shortage of pilots. Mm-hmm. The military's training uh, as many pilots as they used to. So you can fast track yourself uh, you know, very, very quickly. And you, there, many of the airlines have programs where you get in early and they build your time for you and they build your ratings and mm-hmm. they build your license. And uh, so it's, if you're interested in aviation, it's exciting to be a part of it right now. And uh, the technology, the how the aircraft flies, and mm-hmm. it's so different than it was in the years past, and that's just like everything. Right. Um, but it, it, it's exciting to be a um, if you're interested in and you want to be a pilot today. Mm-hmm. So, who do you pilot for, or do you own your own company? How does it work? How's your life working in that industry? So. Uh, I took the the corporate sector, so I've worked for many corporations uh, mm-hmm. throughout uh, my career. Um, so in this situation, I'm a very unique situation. So I own a company that we manage aircraft mm-hmm. uh, for companies, and I can't go specifically who I fly for, but right. uh, we fly major Fortune uh, 20 company and some uh, private citizens that are are very well to do. And uh, it allows me to fly the family and the uh, corporation side of things. So um, it's been very, very unique. I'm very fortunate to fly for these people, and I've been flying for them for quite some time. Wow. So as a pilot and, and owning a company or a part of a company or whatever the case may be, you sit and you guys actually have planes or, or it's the planes of these different uh, companies that you may work for, how to uh, give us a, an update or an understanding of that, if you would. So the uh, aircraft are actually owned by the corporations and or the uh, okay. uh, private city. Uh-huh. So that, but in order for them to do certain types of leases that the FAA approves, mm-hmm. the pilots need to be separate from the aircraft, mm. which means that the owner doesn't have control of the aircraft. So the company then, which would be my company, right. has control of the aircraft. So it's a separation uh, to do, and, and that's how the IRS views it. That's how the uh, FAA views it. Um, so that's how the structure of what I do. So uh, we have many aircraft in the, in the fleet uh-huh. and uh, people that are in there. 
So, but they own the aircraft. We just provide the infrastructure of the pilots, the so, mechanics, and how to operate it. Oh, okay. So you you're responsible, but they pay, I assume, for the maintenance of the aircraft. That's correct. Yeah. So it's a you know kind of a one stop shop. They uh-huh. you know uh, provide all those services for them, and they just cut a check to us, and uh, we move on from there. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a very good system. Uh, but it's a pretty unique system that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, some corporations just have a corporate aircraft within their corporation. Right. Or if you are fortunate enough to own your own aircraft, mm-hmm. they call that self-manage. And you can do that as well. Uh, it's just a little more, the structure is different. Right. So as far as payroll is concerned, you run your own payroll of the, the pilots who fly these uh, companies' airplanes for your company. Correct. That's correct. Okay. All right. Golf. Let's get to some golf, my friend. How long have you been golfing? <laughs> you know, I, I started early on my life. Uh, I, I was, uh, when I was a kid, we used to, uh, I'm going to say it, we used to hop over the fence over the country club and, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, hit some balls and then run away when somebody used to catch us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we used to do it. And, um, and I, you know, that, I played baseball as well, so everything was baseball. Mm-hmm. And then when I went on, uh, I think I was in those mid-20s or something, somebody started playing again, so I played. Mm. And I stopped again and then restarted about my late 20s into 30s. And ever since then, it's just been uh, <laughs> a fast lane in playing golf. I, I love <laughs> the game. I love the competition. I love the camaraderie. I love the people that I play with. Uh, as you know, you know, you're part of a group that I play on Monday and, uh, everybody is just fantastic to be around, to learn their stories, to be around them. I mean, the amount of people and the amount of experiences that everybody has is, it's uh, fascinating to me. Absolutely. You know, and in, in our discussion, when I learned that you was a pilot, I'm like, I need to get this guy on the show because I think that some of the things that you've already shared will be. Uh, I think inspiring to to include my own grandson to further that uh, that drive for for becoming a pilot. And as far as golf is concerned, you know, I didn't I didn't start. I've been retired now 17 years. I started golfing right as as I retired. In fact, I told people, yeah, they asked me, do you golf? Yeah, I golf. Playing in a few of those scrambles once or twice, they said, "No, you ain't golfing. That's not golf." <laughs> And one and another thing I learned from one of my deceased friends, he's a retired assistant fire chief for L.A. County Fire Department. He said, you will learn to play this game. You will hate it otherwise, and you will quit. You're going to get tired of getting beat. You're going to get tired of giving people your money. So you'll you'll spend some time, and I just need to spend a, a bit more time lately in golfing. And my wife, I don't even like to mention to her when I did, when I'm not putting well because she put a, three-hole putting green in the backyard for me. <laughs> oh, that's well. So what's the name of the group, and, and how does one who may want to get involved in the gym, how would they do that? Well, let's see. It's uh, uh, LV on the T, obviously standing for Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's interested in doing that, they can certainly uh, email me or contact you, David. Um, my email can tell you off, off the air or mm-hmm. however you want to do it. Uh, but we're we're uh, we have about sixty five to seventy members, mm-hmm. and we play every month um, fairly early, and we play all over the, the valley. Uh, it's it's exciting, it really is. I think we have a lot of uh, guys who are very competitive. Yes, uh, and 
and, and that's good. I like that. I like that that we're all competitive and we play for a little you know money here and there, mm-hmm. which makes it even more exciting. Right. Uh, so it's 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 a fun group, uh, and I think that uh, the you know the ethics of golf makes the big difference. Where you know someone is calling a rule on you or you're off in the, in the toolie somewhere and you know, mm-hmm. you have to determine if the ball moved right. And you're the only one who sees that. Right. I think that's pretty unique in life that, you know, you have to be trusted in the, the honesty of the game. I agree a hundred percent. I always tell people, you know, if you got to cheat to play golf, you shouldn't be out on the course because I can tell you that it's a, uh, it's a game that uh, we, we, we trust. you got to have some integrity about yourself as you go about the game. And um, I noticed that there's only maybe a couple women that are involved. And I know, yeah, I know, I, I know it's a choice. If you want to play, you can join. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we have a couple of women that play. Matter of fact, one of the women that we play is a, is a president of another club, and mm-hmm. she's always out with us or tries to be out there as much as she can. She plays more mainly in the summertime because she travels a lot and she's in a ladies group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, we accommodate, um, you know, different tees. So uh, when you walk on the first tee in, in my group, you actually have a chance of winning. And, and that's a good feeling that you're not, um, you know, you're not out there just beating around and giving away your money. You mm-hmm. actually have a chance to win. So it, it's a fair system. I agree 100%. In fact, that's what I enjoy so much about, particularly when I, when I joined, I think we just had the the one flight, and then you d- decide to come up with an A and a B flight, and it makes it gives an opportunity for us who aren't so good at the game, you know, not a single-digit handicapper, but it gives us an opportunity to get something back from time to time, and that keeps you coming back for sure, and I think it's a fair way to do things for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, obviously, you know that we're involved in a match play event that you know goes out for a couple of months, mm-hmm. and in that, I will tell you that the higher handicappers are beating most of the single-digit handicappers. So it's good to see too that those guys are uh, holding up, and it's fun to see. Oh yeah, you know those strokes really help, man. Because I remember when I played uh, uh, Smith, a uh, retired uh, police officer from from Henderson. And he said, and, and I think you told me, somebody said, hey, if you play back here, uh, you won't give him so, as many strokes. I'm like, you know what? I think I better play back there because it made so much sense that if you give up too much, you more than likely, you got to play really, really well. So I, I yeah. said, you know, it's part part of his strategy to some extent, I, you know, as you go out and play. And another thing that with my, my game, sometimes I, I gamble too much. And I will, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking about the money gambling. I'm talking about going after shots that I have not practiced. <laughs> and one thing I know, and you've you've told me several times, hey man, did you hit any balls? And I know that it's important to get your body loose. But I generally stretch before I come out on the course. Jim, it's uh, very good to have you on the show. Uh, any parting words for for golf as well as? Uh, any interest you might stir up in young folks as far as becoming a pilot? Well, like I said before, I think it's a, an exciting time if you're young and you're even interested in flying. It, and there's so many avenues. And please, if anybody calls in and you want to give them my name and number, mm-hmm. I'd be happy to talk to them. Uh, it's really 
really a, 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 a fabulous career that I've had. And, uh, and, and moving forward, it, it's, it, there's a, so much going on in aviation, mm-hmm. uh, and so much too. Uh, as far as golf, yeah, the, you know, I just love the game. I love the people and it's, uh, it's just, um, you, you need to experience it's the only thing that I can still do with my sons, uh, as a sport. Right. And, you know, for the five hours that we spend together, it's it's uh, it's very meaningful to me. Absolutely. You know, and I tell people all the time that I play with some guys like, uh, and I know he's a veteran. I want to get him on the show. Um, gosh, my name, my, my mind is going blank, but he's, I think he's 83, 84. He don't hit it real long, but he's very, very accurate. And I recall one time I was, uh, went to a WSGA conference up in uh not conference but uh a tournament up in denver and i and i had just turned 55 or 56 no it had to be 56 because i had just retired oh senior flight and i'm wondering why everybody laughing at me because i told them i had signed up for senior flight flight <laughs> they said those old dudes gonna beat you down and they did not very far, maybe one, one seventy five, one eighty five, straight down the fairway. I'm all over the place, and uh, I didn't do very well. They say, "Man, go as a guest, or go into a, a flight a- along with that fits your handicap." Don't think because it's fifty five and older that those guys can't play golf because they just they beat me down. <laughs> they beat me real bad. Jim, I appreciate, uh, one, the advice and uh, the information that you've shared as far as piloting and also certainly um, the work that you and your team do with the golf events that we do. I appreciate it from the standpoint that I don't have to go out and try to figure out where am I going to play on Monday. You guys uh, set us up well. And and uh, someone I was telling someone the other day, one thing I enjoy about you and your team, if there's any controversy, y'all don't let it fester hey man let's have a meeting let's get this cleared up and i think that's the honest and the gentleman way of doing things so jim thank you so much and we'll get you back on the show sometime in the near future because i think uh you you bring value to our show thank you jim thank you david appreciate it have a good day all right you too now